from the local fee-only experts at Rockbridge. Visit rockbridgeinvest.com. Give your mornings a remix with a delicious... Attention radio listeners. Oh, Thomas, get out of town. Wow. Let me have your attention for a moment. Goodness, is that a message? Oh, mommy, please, get me out of this game. You aren't paying any attention. Interesting move here, Bill. Jays came into the basketball game. Jim Beheim has inserted Jays into the game. Big guy inside, maybe to help eliminate that second or third shot. Well, people in Central New York claim that uh, Roosevelt Bowie... It's the best center Syracuse University has ever had. Your attention, please. This is Centers of Attention. Welcome into hour number two of Centers of Attention. Paulie, Rosie, and Danny today. Rosie in studio with me. I'm within punching distance today, so wow. I've, I've, got, I've got to uh, be careful about what I say about the big man play during today's game. Centers of Attention brought to you by Mattress Express, home of the number bed by Instant Comfort. Guys, let, let's get right into last night's game against BC. Danny, what was your first takeaway from last night's game? I was watching the beginning of the game, how good their defense was, that they were really packing it in, making BC Beat them from the outside, which they couldn't. Uh, they, you know, held them to one point for the in what the first eight minutes of the game, and then I noticed that we were only ahead by a basket. Uh, when they finally scored, it was only six to three uh, at that point. After BC finally got their first hoop, and I'm saying, you know, they're they're playing too good on the defensive end to not be up twenty at this point. And luckily, uh, they were able to turn it on and maintain it for the half. But to hold BC to thirteen points in the first half, that that you know that was a great effort. And you know, you know the defense. Uh, the one thing I've always said about defense is you can walk on the floor and teach somebody how to play defense. It's rather, rather easy. It's just your body getting in the right position. And Syracuse has got it down. They were in the right position all the time. And then once you start missing a few shots, and you don't, and that's all you, and you just leave the guy open. And you say like, "Hey, go ahead, see, see if you can make another one." And then after a while, the rim starts shrinking, gets smaller and smaller. And the, well, they just played great in the first half. Uh, and Rosie, I think if you put you and I out there with 18 attempts, we could probably make at least one three between us. Three or four. <laughs> I, I I feel weird coming off of that game. It was a blowout, and I guess this is, goes to being the talk radio guy. I mean, I found a lot of things negative in the game in the game too and it, it was strange I'll, I'll hit you guys with the center play first before we get into what coach Beheim had to say two points 10 rebounds out of the center position last night we're not getting much scoring out of the out of the uh, uh, out of the offense uh, Sadibe again getting ahead on the uh, you know in transition uh, got a throw ahead be a mishandle the ball got the stink eye uh, you know, it's the same kind of thing. I think that's really important for him just to stay aggressive, stay alert, uh, and really just simplify his game. If you if you can even simplify it from where it is, pick and rolls, offensive rebounds, you know, knock a few things down. Uh, he just has to be alert on the offensive end for opportunities. You know, because again, he's not a guy they're going to look to offense, uh, look to for offense, but he still needs to be alert. So somebody has to guard him. And I think, you know, right now for him, you know, the two big keys are. Defending without fouling, so we can keep him on the court, and like I said, just being alert uh, on the offensive end for some opportunity putbacks. You know, seeming that it's uh, basketball is a team sport. You know, you don't really always have to give the ball to the big guy under the basket if you know he needs to be involved and needs to be present. It's very easy for any one of his teammates to just run by him and, say, and just give him a smack on the butt and say, "Hey, listen." Stay ready. You know, it looks like your guy's cheating. Ed Moss used to do it to me all the time. He'd uh, he'd see I'd be getting a little uh, complicated, and he would just say, hey, I got my eye on you. 
And that's all it would take. That's all it takes to get to keep a big guy focused. Let, let me this, let me ask you. Say, let me finish with part two of that. Is Jesse Edwards got a few opportunities, never got going in the game. Uh, you know, for him, he's going to have limited minutes, and when he gets in there, he has to be aggressive from the start. Uh, you know, because Coach Mayheim, if he when he gets in there, he's an offensive player. Uh, early in the season, we see we saw him posting up, getting the ball inside, soft touch around the rim, nice moves. Uh, the last couple opportunities he's had to get in the game, he's kind of hidden on the offensive end and didn't give the team that lift, which which is his strength. Yeah, he, he the one thing that um, whenever I, I get a chance to see him, I tell him, listen, always continue to call for the ball, continue to want the ball, and sooner or later they're going to see you and you're going to get it because he's got great hands, great footwork around the basket. So, uh, I'll talk to you guys about Jesse. That well, while you brought him up, the how do you teach a kid? To be strong with the ball. He grabbed a rebound last night and had the ball ripped out of his hands by either a guard or a forward. you got to be strong with the ball at that position, right? There's a couple of issues uh, that really it's tough to understand if you're not, you know, if that's all you see is that play. Number one is you're sitting on the bench for, you know, 45 minutes. They throw you in there. You're ice cold, not fired up. The guys are, uh, you know, they're lathered up and they're, you know, they're going at it. So it's a tough spot because, you know, because you're just not, you know, fired loose into the game. Uh, the other part is, uh, you know, he's not a strong upper body guy, so the, it's important when he does get the ball, he's got to corral it tight, like right under his chin, arms up, and protect it that way. Uh, but, it, you know, in those kind of, uh, you know, tug-of-war battles, it's going to be it's gonna be tough for him because, like I said, the guys he's playing against are, are looser, they're, you know, they're, they're lathered, their, uh, you know, muscles are, are, you know, ready to go, and he's coming in cold, and it's tough to get the engine going when you've been sitting there for a long time. Yes, it's so very, very important when you uh, – because now he's had a couple instances to see when it's his turn to come in the game. When the foul situations are a certain way, even we can see from the outside when it's about he's about to get into the game. He's got to be really attuned to those situations and be focused on what, when he comes into the game that he's got to step up and do something instead of just like coming into the game like, you know, the game's just starting now. But uh, the other thing about about being thin is you're all angles. You're all wrists, elbows, hips – and knees, when you get that rebound, let a little something fly. Let you show them that you're not that, just just not that coordinated. Let your arms go. Let let guys incidentally get hit because, as Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the face. <laughs> I got to ask you guys a question from a, a different point of view on the players. You said that once again, Barama not able to catch the ball. They tried to feed the post to Quincy one time. Is that instinctive for offensive players? to make passes to the center as he's running down the court or to feed the post like that. Is there got to be a time at some point this season where the guys say, hey, we can't make those passes anymore because it's going to cost us with turnovers? Well, there's two issues. I'm a big believer that if a guy fumbles a pass, a lot of times it's a bad pass. And, uh, you know, the, the passer's really responsible for putting the ball in a place where the guy can make the catch. So you got to know your personnel. You get Barama Sidibe with a head of steam running down the court, you know, you're not going to throw it ahead and have him make, you know, some catch, you know, change direction, go to the rim. You got to let him get down the court, settle into his position, and then put the ball right in his hands where he can make a play. Uh, you know, when you look at Gary A in the post, we're, we don't do a great job of feeding the post. Our guards are at, are at a high angle, makes it for a, uh, it's a steel angle, really. 
really. They have to bring the ball to the wing, foul line extended, or below where he can get that good 45 angle. When you're trying to, it's a very tough uh, job to feed the ball from the top, from the, you know, between the elbows and try and get the ball into the post because that's a steal angle. So uh, on, bo- on those two instances, I'm actually, you know, putting a lot of heat on the, on the guards, you know, to make better passes or to allow a big to get into position where he can, you know, he can make the catch. Uh, you know, a lot of times you'll see they'll, uh, they'll, uh, you know, guy in transition will give it to him a step too far out where he's in between having to put it down or travel or he's coming across the lane and they throw it early or late when he gets position and the guy recovers. So the, a lot of that is on the passer. You know, a passer is responsible you know, for making a catchable pass. You know, one of the things that I always look for solutions and, and problems like that, and one of my solutions always had been, had been is to, whenever I'm doing, whenever we're doing a workout, like there's guards and centers doing their workouts, I would always request to have the person that played on the side of the ball that I was predominantly to pass the ball to me for two reasons, so that he could get a break and relax. He'd be thankful. But number two, he'd be passing the ball in, and he would be watching as – Big guys do their work because they don't know what kind. Of, it's so much work down there to hold a guy off your back, get a guy on your back, hold him there, catch the ball, and then and then put in work making great moves around the basket. You want them to be able to see that, so they, it builds confidence in that. Number one and number two, they're standing out front and they're passing the ball, and they will inadvertently understand where you like to get the ball. We saw something last night we haven't seen also from uh, Coach Beheim, and I could be wrong on why it happened, but it appeared Joe Girard was making some chancy and risky plays, some bad passes, and we saw Howard Washington get into the game early last night. Is that just freshman mistakes, or or do you guys encourage a guy to keep making passes and chancy plays at this point? Well, Joe's still learning. You know, they had a game where they were having a, you know, interesting momentum switch, uh, you know, swings. They didn't get offense going early, so they're you know, pressing a little bit at that stretch where you know they were kind of stuck on six for a while, you know, but, you know, from zero to six. You know, it took what eight minutes to crack the six point mark. Uh, and the other thing is, Howard got a great stretch to play the first half. It's not that Joe, you know, got the hook, uh, but even the commentators were saying, "Well, I wonder if his ankle is bothering him because he's on the bench an awful long time." So, you know, Howard got a good stretch to play the first half uh you know i like what i see out of him he's a nice calming force uh you know tough for him to get a rhythm right he needs uh an extended play to you know to get into a rhythm but he's come in not turn the ball over made good plays uh you know so i think uh you know that you're going to see him you know get a little bit more time uh throughout the year plus you know as the season goes on you saw Joe, you know, make that move to the middle, twist his ankle a little bit. Uh, you know, there's some vulnerabilities. Your coach is going to have to keep a couple of guys, uh, you know, ready, get them some minutes. So, you know, God forbid a guy gets banged up or again in foul trouble, you have somebody who's used to going in a game. Yes, it's happened numerous times that when a when a player comes into the game, and doesn't mean that something's wrong with the player that they took out. You know, maybe you want to get a chance to get him checked out, but while he's getting checked out, or while coach is talking to him for a second. The guy that you put in starts doing really good things, then you know, coach is like, uh, well, I wasn't going to put him back in. Well, let me just leave him out here a little bit longer. And that's the thing. The better you play, so that's why it's so important to do something positive when you come into the game for our bigs. The Gerard four turnovers, and, and the way I'm going on this, guys, you wouldn't know that Syracuse won by 26 points last night. <laughs> <laughs> they went 76 to 50. Uh, Staying on Howard Washington, Jesse Edwards were in the game when Syracuse went on that run to pull him away, and it's going to add to the fan fodder that, ah, oh, those guys should be playing more. But if you're actually watching the game, 
Buddy grabbed two rebounds himself, went the length of the court, scored. Uh, Elijah assists Buddy out of three, and the game's over at that point. It wasn't right. the actual personnel on the floor. It was, it was the way the breaks went. Well, that's part of it, but you have to remember, too, that there's there's chemistry uh, with different groups on the floor. You can put guys on the floor who, on paper, uh, you know, are look like the best group, but they don't necessarily play that well together. So, and again, not to not you know not to deny the point because obviously Buddy went on a little run, and and uh, you know as we said, uh, uh, Boston College couldn't throw it in the ocean if they were standing on the pier. You know that's how bad they were shooting last night. Uh, you know, but but a guy like Jesse when he comes in the game, a little bit more of an offensive threat, maybe draws a little bit more attention than Sidibe does. Uh, you know, Howard Washington doing a nice job in transition. Uh, he plays a little bit more from the sideline, so he's a, he allows guys to get into different scoring positions where Joe Girard is normally in the middle of the court when he's handling the ball. So you see some of those uh, some of those nuances that can affect how you know just how teams flow together. Uh, you know, when uh, even like when Rosie and I were playing, you know, it's a lot. Of times we'd play together we'd have a very different style on individually you know but playing together we're very complimentary so when it was me him and lewis or on the front line it was a very different look and and created you know different uh, you know different matchup issues so so every once in a while things just kind of click you know our matchups against their matchups and doesn't mean it's going to work every time but sometimes you just fall into a uh you know a, a good chemistry where these guys against their guys are, are a good fit is, you know, Jesse, when he steps on the floor, you're over seven feet tall. We got to get him to work on that face. His expression's got to be like, come near me, I'll kill you. Or, <laughs> or or when he's standing out there, just call for the ball like a madman because big men, whether they get the ball or not, around the they draw a lot of attention. And that attention is going to come from those guys that are playing, the guys outside. So the chemistry, even though you're not scoring, you can do a, a, lot, of, a lot of benefit for your team just by attracting attention to yourself. And I will bring up something positive. I'll, I'll, I'll switch what? it up. I'll switch it up here a little you know, bit, we guys. We were up 25 and a half, Paul. You remember that, right? <laughs> Buddy Beheim last night, 22 points. But something else I saw, I just mentioned it, twice grabs a rebound, length of the court, high glass shots in, going to the basket, too. I know BC didn't have a shot blocker back there, but, but was able to get around players and get mid-range jumpers into the basket. Well, I see two of the major adjustments that our guard line has made since uh, game three or four, you know, when uh, when Joe Girard took over in the starting lineup. Early in the season, uh, Buddy was a, was a three-point shooter, toeing the line the whole game, and the defense has adjusted to that. They played, we saw chest-to-chest defense. They were up on him, not letting him get shots off. So he's added to his game that little mid-range. He's driving to the, you know, to the top of the key foul line area for some pull-up jumpers. He's going to the basket a little bit more. Still not drawing fouls. It doesn't get to the line hardly at all but that's a big adjustment and it's really made a difference in his game because now the defenders are more on their heels when he's at the three-point line Joe Girard on the other hand early in the season wasn't as comfortable handling the ball against big pressure would kind of turn his back and crab up the court now he's you know face on you know blowing by guys uh, bringing the ball up the court in transition uh, much more aggressive at, at the you know you saw against Virginia on the road you know really good at handling the pressure and those two changes those two adjustments they've made in the last 10 games uh, has really helped you know the thing about uh, Buddy Beheim when he's when you when you shoot the ball well if they're going to play your jump shot you darn well better better know that they can't if they're that close to you there's two things that they can't do if they're playing your jump shot they cannot when you catch and put it on the floor they can't stop you from driving and number two they can't see the back pick coming 
So mm-hmm. he's he's working on putting that ball on the floor and getting to the basket. And the the easiest shot always is is that the shot halfway between. You don't go all, you go all the way to the basket. You get the big guys. If you stop a little bit before them, everybody's like, okay, who's got him? Am I going to come out or is, or who's going to take him? You stop there, you pull up, you shoot the shot. But now I'm waiting for those picks. When those picks start coming, hoo hoo. And last point, Paulie, we noticed a couple of plays where Syracuse almost took it a little too far and got some offensive fouls. We saw, obviously, Elijah Hughes uh, take a spill on one. Uh, and that's where that little mid-range shot has become so popular, especially for guards coming in the lane. Instead of trying to get all the way to the rim, they're pulling up for that 10, 12-foot uh, range. You know, buddy, that you know, even 15, 17-foot range at the top of the key uh, between top and the foul line. Uh, and that's, a, you know, that's something that's, that's going to be an important shot because, again, as Syracuse gets the reputation of being a three-point shooting team, uh, they're going to have to make counter plays, and that's one of them, is to be able to just, as Rosie said, either get that back screen or get that two-dribble blow-by and Buddy's big enough to pull up over guys. Elijah Hughes, big enough and athletic enough to pull up over guys. And then Joe Girard, with you know, quick enough with that little step back, uh, you know, able to get shots off that way. All right, we've heard what the two centers, the legends, have said. Now let's hear what the Hall of Famer had to say about the game and get your guys' take on coaches' thoughts. You know, I thought our defense was really good in the first half and got got them out of position. And then. Uh, as the half went on, they got some shots. They just couldn't make any. And, uh, you know, we were able to get to get our offense going. And, uh, you know, that was the difference. The second half, they made some shots. And, you know, it's an even game. So it was just a matter of a little better defense in the first half. And then when they made shots, they just couldn't make them. Uh, we made some shots, made some big shots early. But I thought, you know, our offense was good. Movement was good. Uh, I thought it was a good opportunity for Howard to get something done. Bryson has had a lot of trouble with that nose and the face guard, but he made a couple good plays. Uh, It was an opportunity uh, to get those guys a little time. Uh, Quincy, again, you know, got some stuff done. He's learning. We just got to keep learning as we go. But I thought, uh, again, overall, you know, this was a, a solid game for us. Questions? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it's a lot of what we had talked about, that we were able to get, uh, you know, strong defensive effort, open up a big lead. And it's real natural for a team, number one, when you're down 30, there's no pressure anymore. So all of a sudden, shots that you were tight on in the first half, you're not so tight on in the second half. Uh, and uh, on the defensive end, you're, you know, kind of that intensity can tend to wane because, again, you don't have that immediacy of, wow, this game's close. Uh, also, again, good opportunity for, for Bryson to get some time. He did make a couple of nice offensive plays. We saw um, you know, Quincy gets some good power plays inside offensive rebound dunk and a, a nice lob dunk. So he's a guy who's who I, you know, I really focus on is has to make a difference, and that is uh, Quincy Garrier because, again, it gives that physicalness that this team doesn't have. I think he can still get better at setting bigger picks uh, without fouling. Uh, you know, I think his technique can improve there. Uh, but he's uh, you know, uh, you know, he's playing hard, he's playing aggressive, and uh, he just needs to get under control a little bit more so he can, say he can play without fouling. You know, I, I think Coach is happy with the, uh, the, the the bench growth. I mean, bench growth comes in two, in, in two fashions. Actually, what they're producing on the floor, and then, first of all, just getting onto the floor and being able to be on the floor and not be a liability. So uh, the guys that are on the floor, they're starting. They're, they're going to get more comfortable. You're going to start seeing they're not going to be. The, they're not going to have that deer in the headlights expression on their face. They're going to be doing positive things. Now the other thing that kind of kind of uh, 
put a made my butt want to drink a cup of hot coffee is everybody saying uh, you know BC's uh, you know BC's they're really, they're really not that good you know Syracuse came out and they destroyed them <laughs> basketball is on any given night we played against Mike D'Antoni in the finals they beat us by one point right earlier that season two months earlier we beat them by forty five points at our place. I remember I, I took a shot and I was falling down. I threw it and hit somebody on the back of the head and it went in the basket. When you have one of those shooting nights that nobody you can't control, the same team beat us in the finals. We beat them by 45 points in a professional game. Well, it's nice to know I'm not the only one you hit in the back of the head all the time. <laughs> yeah, I also learned something from from Beheim's press conference. It was hard for Bryson to play with that nose. Uh, exactly. He was born with that, wasn't he? <laughs> We will be right back with Hour 2 of Centers of Attention. We'll talk more about the ISU game. We will play quick hitters. And coming up during the break, if you're on uh, Q Sports Talk on Twitch, we'll leave the mics on and we'll BS for a little bit with you guys in the chat room. CBW's got a few questions for you guys. So we'll hit that up on Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and ESPN Radio Syracuse. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and on the radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. Welcome back, our tour of Centers of Attention. I am Paulie, Danny, Rosie here, and if you were on Q Sports Talk during the break, you got to hear a great story from uh, Danny, but none of us did because I am technically incapable of doing my job. <laughs> But uh, all good fun, lots of good stuff going on during the breaks on Twitch if you want to tune in and do that. We'll also be giving away prizes and during the weeks for people that tune in on Q Sports Talk on Twitch. Moving right along with the BC game last night, guys. Once again, Marek Dolajai, 10 points, 3 assists, 11 rebounds, 38 minutes. Uh, what, what can you say about him as a player and... Is he is he the answer at center? Actually, I hope not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one is uh, you know he just he gets beat up too much when he plays center. Uh, I don't know how how durable he can be doing that. Uh, but I like when he's able to really cover the court because what he does uh, really well is he has a great feel for the game on the offensive end. Uh, he's a good catch and pass guy, good setup guy, uh, also becoming more aggressive. Uh, going to the room, you saw him go a couple of coast to coasters last night, uh, drawing some fouls, ironically, and uh, uh, and it's always amusing to see how high he bounces whenever he tries to go to the rim and and gets knocked over. So that's uh, you know that's always a fun thing. Uh, but what I like best about him, he just has this knack on the offensive boards. He's he's one of those where he's in the right place all the time. Uh, the ball just bounces to him. And, uh, you know, he's just great at getting that extra possession. And, and he's a fun guy to watch. I like him when he can cover a lot more of the court. Yes, you know, playing at the center spot, it, it's it's really cool because when he plays center, all depends on who he's playing against. Um, if he's playing against a big, slow, strong center, play him, up, play him a little bit away from the basket, let him put the ball on the floor uh, and work his magic. But he, at the other positions, he sees the floor well. He knows his teammates. He understands their movements, and he makes great, you know, he makes great passes. He gets offensive rebounds. And I, I'm guessing he's got, uh, he's been growing. He's going two inches over the past couple of years. His wingspan's got to be uh, something. He's got, he's got go-go gadget arms. He can just reach out there and he, he chases the ball down, and then he not only gets the ball, but he puts it in the hands of the people that can do something positive with it. You brought up the fact that he bounces and he's hitting the floor all the time. 
you can't take that out of a player, right? You can't tell them, hey, we only we're only going seven deep, five deep, six deep this year. You know, stop stop doing that. You just got to let him go, right? Oh, I, I mean, he's, he plays with abandon, uh, which is great. Uh, uh, you know, he he's really you know busting his ass going up and down the court and mixing it up. Uh, setting screens. I think he could still work on his screening techniques so he wouldn't take so many shots. You know, Rosie and I have talked in the past about you got to initiate the contact, not absorb the contact. Uh, That's something I think that he still needs to learn how to do better. Uh, And, uh, you know, because, again, he does take a lot of wear and tear. Uh, on the body, and, and again, we're not very deep uh, up front. The coverage pretty bare there, so uh, so so that's the you know, again. Is he's going to continue to improve? We've seen his game improve over the years, and I like him a lot better when he's more aggressive on the offensive end because again, takes pressure off the shooters if he's that fourth guy who's a scoring option. So, uh, and he's starting to do that. Like I said, I love the way he's going to the rim because we got to get to the foul line more. I'm a firm believer in osmosis, so I strongly recommend that they put him next to Quincy. And let him let Quincy start playing like Merrick. Be more aggressive, be more physical. So you can imagine uh, Quincy with the same type of aggressiveness, with the same type of bumping, bouncing. Because with his body size, when he does that, guys are going to start falling like uh, dominoes. He also went six for six from the free throw line last night. Syracuse, not known for getting to the line this year. This team can shoot free throws. Is there a way to teach that or make that happen more? Of how do you get like how how can you get a player like Buddy to be more aggressive and get to the line? Because it's almost guaranteed if he or Joe gets to the line. Well, he's doing it a little bit more. Like I said, we've seen him add that that mid range game. Uh, you saw him go to the basket, a couple of coast to coast plays, which I don't think we'll see a lot of necessarily. But you know, kind of that mid range game. You see the way Elijah gets in the in the lane, draws fouls. Uh, you know, Marek is uh, doing more aggressive going to the rim. It's really important just not to, for this team not to settle for three-point shots. And I think that defenses have kind of keyed on that, and they've almost forced them off the three-point line, and they've made good adjustments. Yeah, you know, it, what it boils down to is guys have got to, we've got to start reading the defense. You know, the defense is going to come out and they're going to do something. Just because they give you an open shot, it's that, that old, everybody always gave me an open three. <laughs> I, I never I make ne- it a good shot though <laughs> I never it does make it a good shot so what you, you have to learn how to do something a little bit different so I take the ball and I would square up with that eagle eye I'd check the wind see which way the wind's blowing and I'd wind up like I was going to shoot it they'd come run out I'd cross over go down the basket and dunk you got to learn how basketball players are good actors catch that ball make them think you're going to do something that you want them to do get them to relax and then go do what you want all right, we got to take another quick time out here on Centers of Attention, hour number two, brought to you by Joe Bowers Farmer Insurance of North Syracuse. Uh, coming up, we will do quick hitters. We'll get out of SU basketball and go around the world and see what's happening in sports. And uh, there's a, a story that uh, Danny Shays wants to hit on also. So we'll do quick hitters next on ESPN Radio Syracuse and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and on the radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. Hour two of Centers of Attention. We do a little segment on hour two called Quick Hitters, where we go around the world of sports. Very uh, hokey, typical radio stuff that they do, and we hit all the big stories, or at least the, the fun stories, I would say. 
not, not the big stories. And guys, I couldn't name uh, two teams out of the Mountain West. Well, maybe I could. Uh, but San Diego State is undefeated, only undefeated school left in the country. Could, could they run the table against the likes of uh, Fresno State, Colorado State, and, and those are the only ones I can name? <laughs> well, I think that they could. Um uh, you know, you've got a situation where they've, you know, they've started out. They're having a good year. They don't play, a, a, as you mentioned, a big power schedule. The last undefeated team uh, in Division One, and uh, uh, also other San Diego State news. You saw they're going to retire for the first time. Uh, retire a jersey. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's number fifteen, about to be hoisted to the rafters. So, uh, San Diego State getting back in the uh, uh, back in the group. But you have to remember that Kawhi Leonard is not the first star to come out of San Diego You State. are talking to a Padres fan, my friend. So right, I know. Joel Kramer. Oh. You remember back in the late I 70s. I was going a different angle. I know, but Joel Kramer, uh, I know you were going baseball. No, he uh, but, played basketball too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Winfield? Right? Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn is the all-time assist leader at San Diego State. At San Diego State. But uh, Joel Kramer uh, was the first NBA player to come out of San Diego State, played with the Phoenix Suns. And uh, and I played with Joel in the Maccabee Games in Israel, 1977. Great guy. Still lives in Phoenix. He has a, uh, He's an accountant there. Uh, so long history. Uh, of San Diego State basketball, so uh, so there I got I got I got Joel some some love on the air. And you know what? At this particular time, they've got a great season going. They're undefeated. They got some national recognition, and now they want to forget about going undefeated the whole season. Just hold it together so they can get to the NCAA double tournament. Yeah, well, that's a question for you guys. When you play the, I, I have it open now. Now I am cheating. If you play the likes of uh, Air Force, Wyoming, Utah State, Colorado State, can you be a number one seed if you run the table and win your tournament out of that conference? Um, well, uh, you know, I think that it certainly. Uh, look how, how how strong is Gonzaga's schedule once you get the you know now that they're in the in their conference. Right? They they tend to play a couple of good. Teams in yeah, the uh, early, uh, early, but early, but but their their conference is not strong. They've been uh, you know a, a number one seed a lot, so you know. So I think it's certainly capable. You know, if they if they end up uh, you know twenty six and zero, twenty seven and zero, whatever the number is, uh, get through their conference tournament, uh, it's going to be hard. They're going to slowly climb the ladder. If they keep winning, teams are going to kind of fall off with losses as they go through the you know, the other conferences. So, so sure, I think they can you know they can you know, work their way certainly up the top twenty five if they continue to win. Well, you know the the other key thing is in in the in uh, it's in coming. The, Don't be startled. Go ahead. In, in leagues like that, <laughs> oh don't be startled by this. In, in leagues like that, <laughs> in leagues like that, they can get to their whole league without getting beat down like in the ACC. And actually get to the tournament and be able to get there healthy. Tony Gwynn drafted by Clippers, then in San Diego and the Padres. That's my oh, uh, nice. that is my sports knowledge for the day. That's a good one. The ref from the Saints Rams game, not this past year, but the year before, Bill Vinovich. Yep. Uh, there for the big no call, cost the Saints a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Will now be the head of the Super Bowl crew this year. I've got lots of thoughts on this. Uh, Danny, what's your take? Uh, 
Well, one of the worst calls in history. It's a shame that uh, the game came down to that, especially in today's world where everything is reviewable by a million cameras. Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, it's just a, like I said, a shame for the Saints uh, that they lost the game that way, especially such a big game. But uh, look, I mean, uh, and you're going to remind me of the guy when uh, who's the pitcher who threw the perfect game uh, last play? He got, uh, you know, had the guy out at first, and the umpire called him safe. Oh yeah, it was um, the Tigers, and I'm not going to be able to remember. I, 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 I remember the game. I forget the guy's name. Uh, but he was well, one of the top uh, top officials, uh, you know, umpires in Major League Baseball. So look, sometimes things happen. Uh, you know, uh, uh, he's he's a top rate top rated uh, NFL official, and uh, you know he's earned the right. Uh, you know, to lead the Super Bowl crew. Uh, that's bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> that that listen, I've I've been. If you want to see me do backflips, start talking about a referee that takes a game away from the guys that are actually out there that are supposed to be doing their job. That it's it's like I got a I got a got this great dog. He comes home, I pet him, he bites me. I reach in my pocket and I give him a biscuit. What's he gonna do? He's gonna bite me the next time I come home. You don't. You can't re- reward bad behavior. I, I'm, I'm beside myself. How can they put that guy out there? The this is what it's hard for me. Like for the average Joe, a guy who goes and punches a clock nine to five. If you were that bad at your job on one given day. You wouldn't have a job anymore. Come on. If, if I screwed up this radio station that bad in one day, I would be out of a job, right? If you if you went out of here, if you like last so, time you went out of here, I almost locked the door and then I would have went over there and started pushing buttons and cutting wires. I don't think you'd have a job the next day. Really? So so you think you make one mistake and your life's over. That's not and a mistake. I'm not it. That's not a mistake. That's not a mistake. A mistake That's is being you bad at your job. Your, that's a mistake is when you don't put enough air in your tire. <laughs> he, he was right Who there. Who puts air in their tire? A guy, <laughs> a guy got right. ran, he got ran over by a truck. <laughs> he said, "Hold wing for the ball," and he gets hit by a Mack truck. And the referee goes, "Wow, she sure is pretty up there in the fifth row." Right. Uh, we got to make exactly. this one quick. We got to make this one quick. Joe Burrows is projected to go to Cincinnati with the Bengals, and someone found an old tweet of him making fun of a Cincinnati staple, Skyline Chili. I don't know if you guys have ever had Skyline Chili. I understand where Joe Burrows is coming from. It is not good. It's it just a soupy, good runny. Be, they must be doing something right. They have 150 Skyline Chili outlets uh, in the area, it, so. So somebody must like it. It's an acquired uh, taste. I will tell you that. There you go. Okay, were you a Cosmos or a Varsity guy? Uh, Cosmos. Uh, see, I was a Varsity guy. I didn't like varsity. Cosmos. Yeah, exactly. So it must be you know, a tall personal thing. taste. I, uh, you know, I, I just didn't like Cosmos. Nothing wrong with Cosmos. I, I just preferred Varsity. Personal taste. Now, when I saw the Skyline Chili and I checked it out, uh, it just didn't look all that appetizing. So I can, <laughs> I can see it. You can buy but, it in a uh, can. You can buy it in the can, but um, come on, Paul. You can. I just saw it at Wegmans yesterday. As a matter of fact, it's funny that I saw this story because I saw Skyline. I don't know who in Central New York is craving that, but you can buy Skyline chili at Wegmans. But listen, maybe some transplanted Cincinnatiites. You never. But, know. but listen, I, I, the one thing you said that I that I keyed on was it's an acquired taste. They pick him up. He'll have plenty of time to acquire a taste for it. There yeah, you go. yeah. And there if you you're go. making millions of dollars, you'll. You'll eat whatever they put in front of you, yes. <laughs> right? Campbell soup. It's this is my own personal opinion. It's not. It's not good. I can see where it may be good 
on a hot dog, but what they do is it's just a runny sauce that they pour over spaghetti, and then they cover it in cheddar cheese, and it's, it's I don't know, it's not good. And, and Danny, I'll let you give your take on uh, the last story of the day. You, well, how do you not love this story? My, Michael Avenatti uh, is... With the lamest defense in the history of the world, you know, as you know, he's the he's the 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 uh, Stormy Daniels porn lawyer who goes all over Trump, and now he's under arrest himself because he was trying to extort twenty five million out of Nike. And his defense was the twenty five million wasn't extortion; it was to hire me to investigate uh, <laughs> Nike, Nike themselves. So they want he wanted Nike to pay him twenty five million to investigate it themselves. Didn't think that was going to happen, uh, but now they they got him on bail. They revoked his bail because he supposedly kind of like took a million bucks that uh, he was paid out of the out of his business and kind of hid it from all his creditors, from the ex-wife, from the partner. Uh, bought a you know new Mercedes, ended up taking some trips. Uh, the court wasn't amused, revoked his bail for uh, for money laundering, and, and now he's sitting in the can in uh, in California. They're going to extradite him back to New York uh, for the Nike trial. So uh, in the couldn't happen to a nicer guy category uh or the karma's a bitch category pick your category uh but i had i just had to laugh when i saw that i mean the guy's been uh uh he's been working the system and uh, finally the system worked him back i got a great joke i just wrote my own joke during you talking what do skyline chili and michael avenatti have in common what they're both in the can Ooh, so there, like there you go. We'll be right uh, back with out of more. Nowhere. Uh, out of nowhere. We'll be back with more centers of attention on ESPN Syracuse and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and on the radio, ESPN ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. All right, I got it. Is centers of attention. I got to know where to talk. I got to do this really quick. We got twenty seconds here. Caller number five four three seven seven six four 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 three seven seven six four four. The number. Call now. You could register your office for a Dunkin' Donuts day after the big game party, and uh, we'll hook you up and get you registered. Guys, good show. I will talk to you tomorrow. You awesome. Go. I'm calling in.